welcome to another inspirational teaching from the Gate Church. It's great to be not just in church, but to be church. That means we gather together as God's people and worship Him and hear the Word and do all these things and fellowship together. And uh, this, this month, we have a theme running through the, the sermons, and it's called A Culture Of. A Culture Of. Last week, I was preaching on a culture of forgiveness. Uh, the reason that the Lord led me to preach that sermon was because, obviously, there was some people loaded with unforgiveness. So, the Holy Spirit had to prompt the preacher to preach a sermon on forgiveness. So, many of you would learn to develop a culture of instant forgiveness. Today, uh, I want to preach a sermon on a culture of empowerment, a culture of empowerment, a culture of empowerment. Jesus is in the business of empowering people, but we also need to recognize that, that there's cultures that we can see in the Scripture. One of the strongest themes of culture that we can see where people are evidenced of being influenced by the culture that surround them rather than the person of Jesus Christ is in the book of Revelation, because in the book of Revelation, when Jesus writes to the seven churches, one of the things that happens with all the seven churches is Jesus says, I commend you, I love you, but this thing I have against you. And in their culture, in their city, in the region, they tolerate something that's having an influence on the church. And Jesus is saying, enough is enough. Don't tolerate these things. Don't allow that lukewarmness. Don't allow that thing, that spirit of lust to come against the, the people of God. And Jesus clearly instructs people not to bow to culture. But this morning, I want to talk on how to have a culture of empowerment, because Jesus was somebody who empowered His disciples. His 12 disciples were empowered by Him, and they eventually became representations of Jesus Christ, His representatives or His ambassadors, as the New Testament calls it, where they, they actually represented Him on the face of the earth, because Jesus did such a good job that, you know, it looks like failure because there wasn't hundreds of thousands of followers of Jesus Christ. There was only, there was only 12 people where at His ascension, and then when the Holy Spirit came, it was like there was these 12 guys who Jesus spoke, and He empowered them to go and make disciples of all nations. But something must have happened on the, the journey of knowing them for three years where Jesus' influence had such a big impact that they were able to go out and do something for the kingdom of God. Number one, influenced by Jesus, but number two, impacted by the, the infilling of the Holy Spirit. So this morning, I want to look at four things about a culture of empowerment. I'm going to look at the life of the Apostle Peter, and there's four things I'm going to look at. One is being called. Number two is the power of observation. Number three is conversation to revelation. And number four is the power of your circle. That's the four points I've got this morning. So when I get to talk about the circle, you can go, he's almost finished now. So I'm just, I'm just helping you know that there's, a, there's an exit door at the, the end of the sermon today. So in 90 minutes' time, I'm just kidding, about 19 minutes' time, I'll get there, the plane will land, and we'll go into a time of ministry, and at the end of the meeting today, I'm going to invite people who don't know Jesus to know Him on this day. Come on. And I'm going to invite the saints to say, help me, help, help, help me process 
this war today so I can become someone who is empowered and goes on to empower others as well. So look at, look at called. That's the first point, called. In Matthew chapter 4, 18, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, He saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. So they were called. Jesus called them. Now, some people can say, well, this is a unique standalone event because he was calling two of the 12 apostles. That's correct. But I want to tell you here today that, that God calls us in a similar manner. You might not be a fisherman. I don't know what your, what your job is. I don't know what your profession is. But Jesus calls people to follow him. Jesus calls you on this day to follow him. And being a called one means that we follow him and we follow his ways. Peter, pe people say about Peter that he was only a fisherman. Because I want to give you a bit of background with Peter. As people say in the book of Acts, it says the Sanhedrin, it says that they noted that James, John, Peter, they the, the were, the were unlearned men. It says they were unlearned. And people have the impression that Peter was uneducated. He was only a fisherman. He, he wasn't educated. But here's the thing, context in the culture that Peter was in. Peter was Torahed, but he wasn't Talmuded. What does that mean? Well, the, the Torah is the first five books of the Old Testament, or the First Testament as it should correctly be called. The Torah, Peter knew the Torah, Peter knew the law, and Peter knew the Psalms because as children, as Jewish children, they would, they would meditate upon the Word. The Word was given to them little by little, nibble by nibble. In other words, there was a culture where the Word was meditated upon and they nibbled upon the Word and, and, and they ate the Word. They understood the Torah, the first five books of the law. What is the Talmud? The Talmud is the book that's written by all these rabbi, rabbis that tittle-tattle about truth. And often you find many, many rub, uh, rubies, rabbis today, they don't quote the Torah. They quote another rabbi who's quoting another rabbi who quoted some other guy who was a rabbi. So there's all these tittle-tattles that go on. And when Jesus rebuked the Pharisees in his time, he, he, he rebuked the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And the Sadducees, he said to them, you neither know the Scripture nor the power of God. What rebuke. But these are, what, these are the ones that were having the tittle-tattle. They were there. They were having all these conversations about these rabbis and all these teachings, but they weren't nibbling on the Torah. You see, Peter nibbled on the Torah. Peter nibbled on the Word. Why do you think at Pentecost Peter was able to stand up and says, as it's prophesied from the book of Joel, and quote the book accurately. Why was Peter able to, why was Peter able to say these things? Because he nibbled and he chewed upon the Torah. He chewed upon the Word of God. He would meditated upon it. But he wasn't part of that circle of culture where they tittle-tattled a little bit about the law, but a lot about other rabbinical teachers. You see, Peter was educated. Peter, Peter knew the Torah. So he was not learned in their ways, but he was learned 
in God's ways. And that's why Jesus called them out. Jesus called them out as a disciple. On this day, God might be calling you out, and you might not know the Torah, so you'll have to learn the Word of God. You'll need to learn the Gospels. You'll need to learn the things of Jesus. But in today's context, God calls us, and He calls people out to follow Him. And He says, come and follow me. And that's a word for many people here today. Jesus said, come and follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. In our words, you've caught fish all these days, but I'm going to help you catch a harvest. When Peter stood up at Pentecost, 5,000 people came, or thousands of people came to know Jesus in that one altar call. That's what you call influence. That's what you call a man of change, a man who knew the Torah, but he understood the power of the Holy Spirit. So number one, he was called. He was called. Number two is observation, or the power of observ observation. So it's to observe. And before we get to conversion, uh, conversation with Revelation, I want to look at the power of observation because I'm going to come to a scripture in, in, in a moment or two when Jesus says to Peter, who do the people say that I am? Or, or to the disciples, and they say who they think, the people think that he is. And Jesus says to Peter, who do you think I am? And he says, you're the Christ. So I'm going to come to that in just a moment or two. But before that conversation takes place with Jesus, something else is happening in Peter's life. There's, there's something of, of observation that takes place in him that perhaps hasn't taken place in others. Because when you go through the, the book of Matthew, when you see uh, Peter being called, Peter witnesses his Sermon on the Mount, probably the best sermon ever. Incredible. The Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, 7. And Jesus then speaks with many parables about the kingdom. So, he sits under his teaching. Jesus heals a demoniac, someone completely possessed by demons. Jesus heals and heals the man and casts out demons from this person. Jesus heals a paralytic. Jesus sends out his 12 and they see amazing things happen. John the Baptist is beheaded. That's the bad news in the midst of it all. Jesus feeds 5,000 people a miracle. Uh, Jesus teaches on things that are clean and unclean according to the law, but according to what he says. And um, there's a whole bunch more. I'm just giving you a little sample of Peter's observation. You see, one of the things about developing a culture of empowerment is we need to be great observers. And sometimes some people see one thing in a situation and others see another. Because the crowd, you know, the crowd were observing one thing, but Peter was observing another. I want to encourage you here to do today to be a phenomenal observer. Don't just see what other people see. See with the eyes of Christ. See with the eyes of faith. And as you see things, as you observe things, take what God is, is, is saying to you in it. My wife and my children were subject to my observation the other day, and I think I was a nightmare to them, to be honest with you. But the, the amazing thing was I was up at a wedding on, 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 on Thursday, and it was a tremendous wedding. It went really, really well. And it was way up, up in the highlands, way up the north of Scotland, in the middle of nowhere. And it was great fun. It was a great day. And the next day, I got up really early, you know. My family got up slightly later, but I was up at seven having breakfast. And I went, anyway, early in the morning, I went off to a cooperage. Do you know what a cooperage is? It's where they make whiskey bottles. Anybody here drink whiskey? Don't put your hand up. So, um, uh, I went to this cooperage. 
and it was flipping awesome. I was buzzing. I'm like, oh, Lord, this is amazing. I can preach sermons from this. I can do a series on a whiskey barrel. And I'm telling my kids, and they're like, what? So uh, it was amazing. And uh, one of the things I observed was that it's a hundred, a hundred-year-old Kentucky, not Kentucky fried chicken, young people, but Kentucky oak from America is shipped over here, and it's produced into these oak barrels because it's perfect for making the whiskey. So, you know, and there's a journey with how they steam it, uh, fire it, all that kind of stuff. But I'm now loaded for observation. I used to be terrible. I'd never used to absorb anything. I used to, used to be like, when I was at school and that, I was like, what's teacher used, teacher used to throw books at me in the days, you know, when teachers got away with throwing books at you, or, 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 the, or you know, the, 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 the duster on the chalkboard. I, I got a few of them in the head when I was at school because I, I was in another world. But I've had to, I've had to learn, and, and I've forgiven because uh, all the teachers that did that, because last week we, we preached on forgiveness. So, um, but one of the things I've had to learn is, is, is to be an observer, is to observe things and see what's going on and see what's happening in, in the midst of it. And what, what's God saying in the midst of this situation? What's God saying about bits of oak from Kentucky a uh, hundred years ago? You'll find out in a few weeks when I preach on that one. But what's He saying? What, what can I observe? What can I see? And that's only whiskey barrels, but Jesus, Jesus was preaching. Jesus was doing miracles and Peter's absorbing all this stuff, thinking, this is incredible. This is amazing. What's going on here? What's happening? The kingdom has arrived. So he was an observer. So number one, he was called. Number two, as he, 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 he had the art of observation going on in his life. Number three, point number three is from conversation to revelation. Let's read, let's read the Scripture here in Matthew. It's going to come up on your screen. And it said, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, or in another translation, it says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but from my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he ordered the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Christ or the Messiah. You see, so something happens in conversation here, and this is the empowerment of Jesus. I watch a lot of, you know, like coaches and motivational stuff, and uh, people talk about coaching and empowering, but you see the art of conversation, how Jesus empowers His disciple, but is by giving Him the chance not only to be an observer, but to be someone who operates in revelation. Come on. So, as we, as the saints of God, we need, we need to understand those moments where Jesus invites us in conversation to have revelation. And revelation is an incredibly powerful thing because revelation is the Father in heaven who reveals to us these things. And as He opens our eyes, as He opens our eyes, we can see, number one, we can see Jesus the Christ. 
That's point number one. That's, that's the entry point. That's the door into kingdom living. So we recognize that we're called because Jesus is calling us. He opens the door. We enter into the kingdom. But as we journey with Jesus, certain things take place. I want to encourage you saints here today, be recognized that you've been called. Number two, recognize that you're an observer. Observe the things of God. Observe things in life. Observe things and see what's happening and see what, see what the story is in people's life. Great counselors, great pastors, great you know, psychologists, they observe people. They watch behavior. I've watched some psychologists in, in, on television who've interviewed from famous people, and you can see the body language of... I've watched people who've been alcoholics, and uh, they drink every night. They have like six beers every night and a quarter bottle of whiskey. And the psychologist said, do you think you have a problem with drinking? Not at all. Not at all. I can control it anytime. I can control it anytime. So the psychologist takes them on a journey where they have this narrative and this conversation by, through observation. And by the end of it, the penny drops to the person and says, do you know what? I think I might have a problem with drinking. And it's like the person has had to take them on a journey of self-observation. And by the end of the self-observation, they recognize the issue is within me. But here's the thing. With Jesus, it's just not observation. There's also revelation as well. And I love walking in Holy Ghost revelation. Because as we have revelation about situations, it opens the door and it opens our eyes to who we're with and what God's about to do in a situation. When Peter knew he was the Christ, as soon as he had that revelation, Jesus made an announcement about who Peter is, or Simon went from Simon to Peter. You see, the, the observation, the man of observation was involved in a conversation. Through the conversation came about revelation, and through revelation, Peter found his destination in Jesus Christ. So there's something that takes place through Jesus. My final point today, and you'll be glad to know I'm almost there, but it is a 20-minute point. I'm just kidding. Is, is the power of the circle. Number four is the circle. What does that mean? What's he talking about? You know, it's really funny. Just in, in Dundee, people say to me from other parts of Scotland, are you from Dundee? I say, yes, I'm from Dundee. You, you, you talk about circles rather than roundabouts, don't you? I go, yes. So we're the only city in Scotland that call roundabout circle. So people say, turn left at the next circle, right at the next circle. If somebody's describing a circle, they're actually talking about a roundabout. We're the only city in Scotland that talk about circles rather than roundabouts. Anyway, what's your point? To be in the circle. So what's the circle? It's the circle of friendships and conversations that he calls us into. And this is such a key point here today, is that we can have the observation and the revelation, understand our destination, but we need to journey with the right people. We need to be in the right circle of friends. We need to be with the right people at the right time and the right place. You see, there's kingdom conversations that will draw out your purpose. Jesus, by revelation, drew out Peter's purpose through that conversation. But it was because Peter was in the right circle of friends. You see, something could have taken place on the day where, where, where Jesus said, Peter, I've called, to, I've called you to be a fisher of men. He went, oh, great. Thanks a lot, mate. He came along on day one and went, this is bra. Going back home, going to have a fish supper because I like my fish. 
and, and he stays with them, and he doesn't hang around Jesus. You see, that's, that, that's the cost. That's the price of discipleship. It's important that we're, we're in the right circle of friendships and conversations. You know, many of us can, can thrive. I'm what you call a self-starter. There's many people here today are self-starters. It means you, you just motivated yourself to get on with things and do things, and you can start things. So you're a self-starter. But there's a weakness in it because we can be independent, and in our independence, we can end up isolated and not feeling like we need people. But I want to tell you here today, being in the circle or a circle of influence, the circle of influencers, of people who God has called you to journey with, will incredibly empower you. They'll empower you for the glory of God. So know, know your calling. Know your calling. Know your observations. Know your conversations with revelation to understand your destination. But also, this is the key. This is the key point here today. Because I love preaching on revelation, but the key point here today is get in your circle. Get in your place. Get in that sphere of friendships and people that will journey in the kingdom together with you for the glory of God. We've all heard the story of the, the, um, the coal when it's in the fire, it's burning hot, you take it out, it goes very cold. That's called isolation. It's important that we're in the fire with God's people that are on fire for God. So it's important that we're in the circle, the circle of fire, and be, be fire for God. So, saints, I challenge you today. I, I, are you walking in observation? All of you here today are called. There's no doubt about that. I, I, are you walking in your calling did you have a calling? You know, I've, I've heard people share testimonies. You know, back in, back 15 years ago when I became a Christian, this happened and that happened, and God did this and, and God did that, and I was, I was with these group of friends, and this happened and that happened, and, yeah, and what happened five years ago? Well, the last five years, you've dried up, and not much, hap not much is happening. Why? Because you're probably not in your, the circle, the, the group, the, the will of God, the call. So, you're called be an observer, but make sure you're in the right conversations. When was the last time you had a conversation with Revelation, where you're involved in, 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 in a conversation where, where suddenly the will of God opens up because of the people that you're with, and you're like, man, God, God, God is speaking to me through, you know, the sister or, or the brother. What's, what's happening here? The, I'm asking a question, and suddenly the answer is coming back through my brother or sister in Christ who have no knowledge of my situation, but they prophetically speak into my situation. But if I hadn't been in that circle on that day, I wouldn't have been under that kingdom influence in that moment. Ladies and gentlemen, it's important that we are in that circle that don't live in fear, live in sphere. Live in your circle of influence. Be in the place. Be with the connections, the relationships that God has called you into, and allow the kingdom of God to flow in your conversations. When, you, when you're in a group, whether it's out for a coffee with your buddies or, or a pint or, 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 or a whiskey, um, you only have one, by the way, and plenty of water. But if you're out with your friends or, or you're in a small group and, and you're talking with people, make sure Jesus is at the center. Make sure Jesus is the focus. And be, be ready in season and out of season to flow in, in, in revelation and conversation. 
You know, it's important that we, we, we don't need to go. Some people need to go in a, you know, need to go and pray for two days and come back and say, I've, I've got an answer for you. And by that time, you've, you've, you know, it's too late. You need, the, you need the answer now. And it's important that we flow in that revelation of the Holy Spirit every day. And I know there's a culture of, of flowing revelation in this place, which is tremendous. One of the cultures I've tried to uh, usher in in my spheres is when somebody asks me to pray for them, I usually say, okay, let's do it now. Because, you know, I'll for, for me, I'll forget tomorrow at the prayer meeting or the prayer fire. I'll forget that I spoke to this person. So I'll just say, come on, let's pray now in the middle of Starbucks. And they're like, right here, right now. Aye, right here, right now, big man. So we just pray. But what I do is I do it subtly. And I say, just keep your eyes open. We're in the middle of a supermarket. Just keep your eyes open. We're having a conversation, and just nod your head like we're talking, you know. So I'll just say, Father, thank you for my brother. Bless him. Strengthen him. And I'll, I'll pray into the person's situation, trusting that the Holy Spirit will give some kind of empowerment to the person in that situation. So it, it's a culture of empowerment. Jesus, it, it, Jesus empowered his disciples. We're empowered by him, but it's important that we empower one another as well. Come on, saints, we're called. Number two is we're observers. Number three, conversation to revelation that open up, opens up the destination. And number four is move in your circles. Come on. Let's all stand to our feet. We're going to pray. <clears throat> okay, you're going to watch me live right now. I don't know what to pray right now, okay? But he will give me the words to pray. Isn't that good? Come on, it's good. So, Lord, help me. I'm inside, I'm going, Lord, help me. Give me the words right now because this could get awkward. So, um, right now, I'm going to step out in faith. And I, I, I'm going to pray for, um, I'm going to pray generally, and uh, we'll see what the Holy Spirit does here this morning or who else joins me here praying this morning. Isn't that good? Come on. Do you want to be on an adventure? Or do you want to be in a boarding church meeting? Do you want to be bored stupid? Or do you want to be on a Holy Ghost adventure? Come on. Come on. Let's do it. Who, who wants to break fear and move into the sphere here this morning? Come on. Come on. Lots of you do. Some only. Some of you do. Okay, Glenn, you want to break fear and move into spheres? Come and help me here this morning. Give Glenn a round of applause as he comes up. So just, just, just help me pray. We're, we're just going to pray. We're going to do tag prayers. Have you ever seen WWF wrestling where they do tag wrestling? And uh, so we're going to do a bit of tag prayer this morning. The Holy Ghost is going to help us as we do some tag prayers here this morning. Father, thank you for every single person in this room. I thank you. Every single person here uh, is called by you. And Father, I just pray this morning that you would touch people's lives, that they would know their calling and they would know the observations that they've had in your kingdom, not, not opinions, but, but observations of your kingdom, uh, like Peter had. He saw things and he learned things. Father God, help us to have that conversation and that revelation, and help us to know our circles. Thank you, Jesus. This is the end of your teaching for this week. We hope you enjoyed it. 